listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Most of these podcasts are designed to give you the advice on how to move forward in saving your relationship. But there's actually a step before that, and that is deciding to continue working on relationship. In fact, that there are separate questions of that. There's the first one where somebody has to say, you know what, I want to work on this relationship. I'm going to figure out how to do it. Then they get information, figure out some things that they might be able to do, and then the question is, am I going to do it? Then they might even start doing some things, and the question is, am I going to continue doing this? Am I going to continue working on this? Now, this is a common occurrence throughout our lives. It's probably at every turn in the road you have had that moment. When I was going through my uh, training, uh, my education, that was two masters, a PhD, lots of training centers and lots of additional training after that, pretty much at every turn I was asking the question, why, why should I do this? Should I even keep pushing forward? Lots of times I'll wake up and ask, do I really want to keep doing what I'm doing? Maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to do something else. Lots of times when I'm you know, practicing, getting ready for something, some sporting event, I'm asking, why should I even go to that event? Why should I even try? Sometimes when I'm in the middle of uh, following some better eating habits, I'll ask, you know, what does it matter? Maybe I should just give this up. My point is this. Whenever we have a challenge in front of us, Whenever we have something in front of us, we tend to ask the question, is it worth it? Should I even push forward with this? Sometimes I think there is this piece in there. We have this pain-gain ratio in our mind. Is the pain higher than the gain we think we'll get? Because if the pain outweighs the gain, at least long term, this is true. If the pain outweighs the gain, we're likely to not want to go through it. The question is short term. What if the short term pain is less than the long term gain? And that's the question we have to face. So are we going to move forward with this? Now, the reason I bring it up is because that's kind of the topic of today's podcast. It's based on the fact that, you know, as you know, I've been answering some questions from listeners and today. I've had several that came in, and I really wanted to key in several that are the same topic, and I wanted to key in on the two that kind of pointed to what everybody else was talking about. So we'll call them S and I. Uh, S said, you know, we've lost our connection. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm suffocating from this, and I need some perspective. Should I even keep this work up? I talked about the fact that I is feeling pretty stuck, even getting a plan together and thinking about what to do, whether to do it, ends up landing in the fear-based columns. And so that leads to a stuck point. And he says, I've got stuck in a life that I just don't want to live and I'm working on a marriage that starts to feel like I'm working on just having more of the same. Do I really want to go on with this for the rest of my life? It's a great question, but maybe the wrong perspective. The question is better ask this. Do you go through the tough places to get to something better? Because, you know, let's just be clear. I'm not here to figure out how to limp a marriage along for the rest of your life. 
to have one that's not satisfying. That's not what we're after. We're not here to stop the legal process. There are lots of programs that try to teach you how to stop the legal process. That's not what I'm about. I'm about building, saving the marriage and building it into something that you both would treasure, would love, protect, that you would find the companionship you want, the place where you're a team again, or maybe even a team for the first time, the place where you feel good about what you're creating. That doesn't mean, though, that you're not going to go through some tough times. You may go through a lot of effort to get to that place. And I just want to be clear, you may not be successful. So if you're not going to be successful or potentially not going to be successful and potentially not going to get where you want, should you even try? And that's the question. That's kind of the pivot point today. Do I think that people should stay in miserable relationships? No. But do I know that there are times when we have to kind of muddle through the miserable, tough times to get to where we want to go? Absolutely. You may be familiar with some of the tougher tests, the Spartan uh, race or the mudder uh, race or things like that, where you have to get through the miserable times, the tough times, in order to get to the finish line where you can say, oh, I did it. You know, I finished that. I got to where I wanted to. And that's a bit of a better place to think about. When I wrote my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps, I have gone to great lengths to point out that there is a significant difference between the word simple and easy, and yet we confuse it all the time. When I'm interviewed about the book, the author will often say, so you say it's easy. And my response is, no, I've never said it's easy. I just said it's simple, right? There's a straightforward way of approaching this that's a very simple, straightforward approach. Let's not complicate it. But that's true with lots of things in life. If you want to get into shape, it's simple. You exercise. If you want to eat better, it's simple. You eat healthier foods. There are lots of details in there, but that's basically what it boils down to. And so the same is true with saving a marriage. It's simple. There are three pieces you have to keep your eyes on. You have to connect with the spouse again. You have to build that connection. You have to change yourself because you probably stopped growing and maybe there's some places where you need to bring in some improvement and and be a different person because that's true for all of us as humans. And then you have to create a new path. Those are the three C's, connect, change, create a new path because the old path didn't work. So we have to get to somewhere new. But that's sometimes getting through a lot of the hurt and the pain that's already been there. And so a lot of times people ask me, is it worth it? And my response is, that's for you to decide. I will walk with you through this process as long as you want to. But today I want to give maybe a little perspective. That's, that's kind of what S asked for, a little perspective on it. And I want to give you some ways of thinking about this process. So first of all, let's talk about why you should keep at it. This is the place where you have to do a little work. And S Uh, I want you to kind of think about this as as a lead point. I, I know you've been struggling with this, and so I want to help you get beyond that. So what I encourage people to do as you're creating a plan, and yes, that's part of what I will encourage you to do today, to have a plan. It's part of what I guide people through in my VIP program, uh, because I know how important it is, but I know some people just aren't ready to, to do that. So we leave that for VIP Some people have that. Some people figure that out and it's just great. And one of the things I suggest that people do is come up with the reasons why they're saving their relationship. 
Why are you doing it? What's your why? That's a big question, I believe, in, in our life every day to ask that question. Why am I here? What am I doing? Why is this important? Because a lot of times what we realize is when we get down to it, there's some things that we need to make a shift so there's a bigger why. And some things we just need to uncover the bigger why. Usually in saving a marriage, you've got a bigger why. You just haven't figured it out as clearly as I want you to. So what I suggest you do is to sit down and write down all of your reasons why you're saving your marriage. You'll have a bunch. I encourage you to try to come up with 10 or 15 at some point, you, you get to the place where you really have to dig deep and ask the bigger question, what is this all about? So once you've created that list of 10 or 15 reasons why you're saving your marriage, you're going to notice that they actually fall into two different categories that may not have been evident while you were saying them. They're either going to be fear-based or aspirational-based. The fear-based ones are generally about things that you want to avoid losing, right? I don't want to lose time with my kids. I don't want to lose the investment I've made um, in, our, in the retirement. I don't want to you know, give half away. I don't want to lose my dream house. I don't want to have to move. I don't want to um, you know, be without somebody by my side. I don't want to be without love. Those are fear-based, right? It's what you're going to lose or what you don't want to have happen. Then there are the aspirational ones. And let me be clear here that the fear-based ones are, are real, I'm not saying they're false. They're real. The danger is letting them guide you, though. So we want to turn to our aspirational ones. And the aspirational ones are things like, I want to show that I can break maybe a generational pattern in my family. Maybe you're the first person who's even tried to save a marriage in three or four generations. I mean, that's about how far we are into this whole marriage crisis. And so maybe that's it. Maybe you want to say, I want to set an example for my kids to see that it's possible to work through difficulties. Maybe your why is because you know that there's so much good in your relationship that you need to get there just to find out the strength of it. Or maybe you realize that in general, when people don't fix their relationship issues, they drag them right into the next relationship and repeat them again because there's something internal to those issues. So those are all aspirational, to find something bigger or better, to, to show how you can do this, to figure out how to change a family dynamic. All of those are great reasons why, to have your kids have an intact family and grow up, and that's a great reasons why. The reasons you want to focus on the aspirational is because the fear-based ones, they go away. Over time, we get used to fear. It doesn't motivate us for very long. And this is true everywhere in life. The fear will motivate you to get out of the way of something, but not for long. Sometimes we watch that with people with you know, economic fear that they finally kind of get used to whatever that was that was creating the crisis and they don't continue pushing forward. So our fear reasons tend to not last as long as our aspirational reasons, which can stick with us and still make sense to us even when things are tough. You continue to want to have some control over those aspirational ones. You want to keep moving towards those aspirational ones for a long time. And so you want to pull out your aspirational ones and put them on your reminder list. Then you can pull that out when you're struggling and look at that again and remind yourself that that's why you're doing it. Not because of the current circumstances and the current struggles between you, but because there's something bigger. 
Now, what throws us off is sometimes people tell me, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not feeling the desire to save the relationship. There is a real danger for us to trust our feelings as the motivation for action. It's actually why a lot of relationships get in trouble in the first place. They start waiting to feel something or they feel something somewhere else and they move towards that instead of thinking about what is the right thing or what is the important thing. They think of what feels right or what feels good at that moment and that can lead us astray. Our feelings come from some pretty interesting places that aren't always the best long-term planners. Sometimes our feelings lead us to making short-term decisions that are detrimental to our long-term thriving So we've got to be very careful. It's not that they're not important. It's just that we need to keep them in the right place. They can overwhelm us. They can take over control and they can lead us into places we don't want to be. So my wife often uses the uh, phrase, consult your plans, not your emotions. And I think that's a pretty good advice for all of us that, you know, sometimes we make plans and we, we get deviated from those plans by our feelings. And it's more important for us to follow our plan. Once we've made that plan, we probably had some pretty good reasons for that. So we follow our plan, not our emotions. Our emotions can come and go up and down in a day. You can go from the heights of happiness to the lowest despair in a day, in an hour, sometimes in 15 minutes. When nothing else has really changed, it's just our emotional state has gotten in our way. And when our emotions are making our decisions, our decisions are probably not going to be good long term. They may make us feel a little bit better short term, but not long term. I think of how many people in the spur of the moment do something because of how they feel only to regret it not long after. And that's the case here. So when you're not really feeling it, That doesn't mean that's a determining factor. You may decide that you've got to consult your plans, not your emotions. So one way of doing that is get a little perspective. Think about what matters, and I want you to use some time frames. What matters now? You know, what feels like it matters now? You can write that down and say, this is what matters now. And sometimes that is, if you look at it, a lot of emotional stuff that's pulling that. So you set that aside and say, what will matter in a week? Right? What's going to matter in a week? What's going to matter in a month? Now let's pull back even further. What's going to matter in a year? How you're feeling right now, is that going to matter in a year? I mean, let me ask you a question. How did you feel one year ago? This exact date, one year ago at this exact time, how did you feel? You probably don't remember unless something really pivotal happened at that moment. We all can think of events and recall exactly where we were because of those events, because we're anchored to those events. But in general, day-to-day life goes on and we don't remember exactly how we felt even a month ago. You know, how'd you feel this day one month ago? I'll ask you even more than that. A week ago today, how did you feel? Exactly how did you feel? What was going through your, what were your thoughts? What was going through your mind? What were going through your emotions? Now, how about in a decade, what's going to matter? What's going to matter with time passing? You know, think about all of the things that change. We can get really locked into the short term and lose the fact that there's a bigger perspective to this. So step back and think about what's going to matter. What matters now? What's really important to you? And let me take it past your emotions very quickly. What matters to you in a deeper meaning in life? 
Like what matters in life to you? What is it that's going to get you up and get you going today, tomorrow? What will be important in a year, in a decade? And usually hurt feelings, hard moments, tough times don't matter so much when we put it in a longer perspective. It can feel like it matters today. But if you broaden it back, it matters less and less how you're feeling in this one moment and bigger where you're headed in life. So another piece of this puzzle is to realize that sometimes you get so focused on the marriage crisis that you don't take good care of yourself. If you find yourself losing perspective, if you find yourself wanting to give up and walk away and knowing that that's emotions, not your plan, not what you want to do, but just kind of your emotions calling at you, Sometimes that's because you have neglected yourself. You've gotten so focused on reading and studying and and working and trying to connect with a spouse who's resistant and, and all your energy is there. And so none of your energy gets replenished. You're just getting drained because the self-care isn't there. And when the self-care isn't there, we are it's like having a, a, a cell phone that we don't plug in. Yeah, that'll work for a day, maybe a couple of days, but after a while, there's no battery left and there's no connection to where you need it to be. So make sure you're recharging. Make sure you're eating well. Make sure you're getting enough rest. You know, have good sleep habits. Make sure you're getting some good exercise. Make sure you're doing some things that interest you, that bring energy into you. If you've given up your hobbies, if you've given up your interests, because you know you, you want to just focus on that, that pulls you in the wrong direction. It's like pulling the plug. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. I've got lots of stuff about self-care on my Thrivology podcast. If you're not listening to that, go to thrivologypodcast.com and catch up on that so that you can really be working on that self-care. The other thing to do in that process is to build your network. I've got another podcast that I'll link to in the resources uh, on the notes, and it's about how you build your team how you build your Save the Marriage team. And it's about finding good people, strong people, healthy people, good relationships that are going to pull you uh, in a positive direction. So make sure you build your team so that you have that as a, a way of making sure that you're bringing energy in. Then there are two more pieces that I'm going to recommend. One is going to sound almost contradictory. And so I'm going to start with the other. And that is to build your plan. You want a plan that's written down. You want a plan that you've thought about. How does it address those three C's I talked about? What are you doing to connect with your spouse? How are you trying to build that connection on an emotional level, a physical level, a spiritual level, using those three levels of connection? What are you doing to help that process along? How are you trying to recreate that connection? Because honestly, that is the beginning point of every marriage crisis. You get disconnected from each other and you're not building the we the way you need to and so you can't get there. And so that's the first and the third of those C's. How do you connect with your spouse and how do you create that new path? The new path is about building that we and it starts with you thinking about that in a we way. That's kind of the stuff that I cover in the Save the Marriage system and also in my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps. But you want to make sure that your plan is looking for how to build those pieces and what you're going to change about yourself. How are you going to work through the places where you need to grow and expand into new ways of being? That's what the plan is about. 
I talk about that in the Save the Marriage System. I also give a fill-in-the-blank plan in my VIP program. And so uh, those are ways that I make sure that people really know how to dig into that plan and and build through that plan and, and stay on task with that plan. And that leads us to the one that's going to seem almost contradictory, and that is to disconnect from the outcome. There are some things you can control and some things you can't control. And you cannot control whether your spouse decides to respond to your efforts to save the relationship. In the U.S. and lots of other places, a spouse can unilaterally decide to divorce. And you can't stop them legally. So they have the veto vote. It takes two people voting to stay in a marriage and only one to take it apart, to move out of that. So they have, always have the veto vote. You can't control that. You can't force them to stay. You can invite them to stay. That's what this whole process is about, is inviting somebody to stay in the relationship. But part of the thing is you've got to disconnect from the outcome because when you're so connected to the outcome, you have a hard time making your journey. I've had lots of trips in the past few weeks, uh, taking kids for, to, or, or helping kids move into new places and taking their stuff to them for their new locations and me going to different events. And so a lot of time in the car. So one of the things that I notice about my car is when I get in, uh, I like to use Waze and sometimes I use another map program. But, you know, the first thing I do is I type in my destination So the GPS calculates how to get to my destination. From then on, what I'm focused on is not the destination, but the points along the way. What's the next turn? What do I do with this stretch of road? How do I deal with this issue coming up? That's the disconnect from the outcome. I know where I'm going to head, but what do I do now? See, the problem is when people are so tied to the outcome, they usually tie it to a time frame. I've got to save my marriage in a week or two weeks or a month or six months or a year or whatever it is that they create internally. And so they're so tied to the outcome that whenever a spouse kind of feels like they're pushing them off that plan, they panic. And when they panic, they get off their plan. And when they get off their plan, they start acting on their emotions. And when they start acting on their emotions, they start taking action that has lost perspective. So do the same thing. Your plan is about the destination. You have that in mind. But you follow your plan day by day, not based on the destination, not based on the outcome, but based on what you're doing piece by piece. So disconnect from the outcome and focus on what you need to do today, right now, to work on things. Focus on how you're connecting with your spouse. Focus on how you're changing yourself. Focus on how you're creating a new path. When you get so wrapped up on the destination, you'll find yourself diverted constantly. Whenever things are going well, you're excited until something turns. And whenever something turns, you feel like giving up because it's not where you want it to be. Now, the other piece is to recognize that the end result you're trying to get to is not based on where you are now. And so I, this is the point here, right? You've got to go... This is what I'm going for in my relationship, and I'm going to go all out for that to get to that place. And then there's this other piece that comes in because there are people who use my program who will not save their marriage. They will not be able to do it. So there are three possibilities of this whole process. The first one is you get to the end and you've saved your relationship and you have exactly the relationship that you want. Great outcome. 
The second one is that you end up not being able to save your relationship. And then as you look back, you realize that you wish you had done more to get there. You have regrets over where you might have given up or walked away too soon. That's not a good outcome. There is another outcome where you get to the end. You haven't been able to stop your spouse from taking that unilateral action. The relationship has ended and you're able to feel good about your process in that. That's not the optimal outcome, but that's a good outcome to be able to say, you know what? I did everything I could to save this relationship. My spouse chose not to do that, but I did everything I could in this process. You feel good about what you did. You may not be happy about the outcome, but I think it's important to be able to say, you know, I I did everything I could. Within my control, I did everything I could. Those are the two outcomes that I think are are outcomes that are, are good, acceptable outcomes. What I don't find acceptable is when people contact me and say, you know what, I didn't try. I didn't try hard enough. I didn't really invest in this. I didn't really take it seriously. I didn't make a plan. I didn't follow my plan. I didn't really do everything I could because I know it's going to haunt them for a long time. And I don't want you haunted. I want you to either step into a new marriage or know that you did all you could to get there. My process is to do everything we can to tip it towards saving your relationship. But if for whatever reason that can't happen, for you to be able to say, I feel good about what I did. So for S, I, and several other people who have emailed me about kind of that basic thing, that's the perspective. You're working to get to where you want to get to, but you got to let go and keep doing the work, knowing that you're moving towards a relationship that you would treasure, you both would treasure. That's the important thing here. Find your perspective, build your plan, follow that plan, disconnect from the outcome, take care of yourself, have your team supporting you. If you need help with that, there are two pieces, the Save the Marriage System. It's a great program to help you understand that. You can also learn some in my How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps, but the Save the Marriage System has a lot more comprehensive step-by-steps to it. So they augment each other, build on each other. Great resources, both of them. Also have my VIP. It's a virtual coaching program. And also have coaches on staff. And I also do coaching uh, in order to help you. So if you've got the system, go over to savethemarriage.com slash coaching. That's savethemarriage.com slash coaching. You can learn more about either getting individual coaching with me or one of my coaches or joining the VIP program. That's for people who have the system because we want to make sure you have that core knowledge. So we're not having to teach that to you when you can learn it yourself. If you don't have the system, go to savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com and get started. But let's make sure that we have you in the best two endings we could possibly have. Hopefully with the saving the marriage. And that's what I hope for everybody. I'm here as long as you're wanting to work on it. Let me know how I can help. And if you've got a question that you would like covered in a future podcast, email me at podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's podcast at savethemarriage.com. Ask me your question. If it fits for a category that lots of people are asking about, it's kind of the Goldilocks principle. It's not too broad. It's not too specific, but it's somewhere that will help other people. I'll give it my best to answer it. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. 
For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.